The Holy Gospel according to Mark, the 13th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. But in those days after that suffering, the sun will be darkened, and the moon will not give its light, and the stars will be falling from heaven, and the powers in the heavens will be shaken. Then they will see the Son of Man coming in clouds with great power and glory. Then he will send out the angels and gather his elect from the four winds, from the ends of the earth to the ends of heaven. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Grace and peace to you from God our Creator, from our Lord and Savior Jesus the Christ, and from the Holy Spirit, the one who is present wherever you are. So the theme is behind me, hope. And we are using this passage, Romans 5, that you have just heard, that leads us toward a hope that does not disappoint. Now, I want to ask you this question. Uh, have you ever waited or hoped for something that did end up disappointing? Maybe a gift or a job or a relationship or healing? Now, I'd venture to guess that just about every single one of us has had this experience. So then we might ask, why does Romans tell us that hope does not disappoint when that stands in stark contrast to our lived human experience? So we're going to spend these four weeks of Advent uh, with this question in this passage from Romans chapter 5. And we're going to add to it some gospel readings and some readings from Isaiah as well. And ask this question, how does the waiting and the hoping that we do during Advent lead us to the kind of hope that actually does not disappoint? So today we begin with this statement from Romans. We rejoice in our suffering. Now, I'm not sure that I or you are eager to rejoice in suffering. But I have noticed that there's many of us who maybe have been taught not even to talk about it or name the ways in which we suffer. Now, when this pandemic first hit Minnesota in March, the first two things in my life that were quickly canceled were one, in-person worship in my church, and two, uh, a six-month dental appointment. Now, you can guess which of those I was excited that was canceled. I do not look forward to going to the dentist. So I thought, well, okay, putting it off a week or two will be just fine. But then, as you know already, that week or two uh, became months of not going to the dentist. Well, I finally, in October, rescheduled my cleaning appointment, and then I found out at that cleaning that I had a, a, a chipped filling that had happened at some point that I had to go back again and get repaired. So this week, I was back in the dental chair, and I learned something pretty interesting. My dentist uh, in a pretty big clinic is experiencing a large number of people that have problems that have arisen as the result of clenched teeth. <laughs> Chipped teeth, headaches, and then like jaw pain. 
Most people, he said, don't even realize that they are doing this. But over time, uh, the stress and the worry and the anxiousness of everything that's going on around us, everything that has happened in this unlikely year is causing physical pain. We don't always know what to do with our spiritual and emotional stress. And sometimes that comes to the surface. It materializes in physical pain. We know uh, in addition to that, there is just this growing uh, concern about those whose struggles with anxiety and depression and addiction have become heightened during this time of great stress. Along with this pandemic and economic stress and social isolation and political anxiety, we have this growing concern for so many and their serious mental health uh, problems. To use a pretty trite metaphor, so many people are at the end of their rope. They are desperately hanging on to this rope until it's all over. Now, sometimes I think the, the Christian church has done quite a disservice to people who are in this place of being at the end of our ropes. There's this sort of widespread notion in popular Christianity, I'll say, that if you just believe, if you just have enough faith, if you just place enough hope in Jesus, then everything will be okay. And then the result, uh, the, the reverse, tends to be this dangerous byproduct of this kind of thinking. That is, if you're not okay, I mean, if you complain or if you give up, then you just don't have enough faith. Now, I will say that if you have been made to feel this way, I am so sorry, because this thinking is not compassionate, it's not biblical, and it is just simply not Christian. The Bible acknowledges suffering and pain. The Bible shares the prayers of hundreds and hundreds of very faithful people who cry out to God, who question God, who become angry with God, who desperately want to give up on God. These struggling people wonder out loud where on earth God is and how long they are going to have to wait for some relief. Many of these prayers such as this are found in the book of Psalms and they are called complaint psalms or psalms of lament. There is a whole book also in the Bible called Lamentations, Laments, Lamentations. These are, this is a book full of the struggles of the people uh, to find God in the midst of suffering. Nobody was telling these ancient Israelites to wait quietly and patiently so they can somehow prove their faith in God. No, their faith in God compelled them to cry out in anger. It compelled them to cry out in pain and in protest and in desperation. And I think that sometimes the people uh, of God today, people of faith today, we need to take on this practice, this spiritual discipline of naming and lamenting our pain. 
instead of stuffing it deep down inside and clenching our jaw to keep things safely tucked away? What if we released it? What if we spoke our words of pain? What if we allowed the tears of struggle and lament to flow without apology? What if we relaxed ourselves into the knowledge of being truly known? Joy and struggle, protest and faith, all. What if we, what if we were truly known by God in all of those ways, our faith and our fear? I think it could be just healthy for our bodies and our souls and our understanding of what hope is in this world. In this reading you heard today from Isaiah chapter 64, the people of Israel, they cried out for hope. The prophet asks God for a dramatic sign that God is, uh, that their hope in God is well placed. Isaiah asks God for quaking mountains, for burning brushwood and for boiling water. Show us God that you are at work. But then in verse, verse 4, we hear Isaiah say that God is a God who works for those who wait for him. Now, in the Hebrew Bible, um, when, the, when it talks about waiting, it's often using this word kava. It's a Hebrew word kava. And it's translated to wait, um, to look for, to hope, or to expect. We find this word lots of times in the Hebrew Bible. Like for instance, Psalm 27, wait on the Lord, be of good courage. Or Psalm 37, those who wait upon the Lord, they shall inherit the earth. Or Psalm 40, I waited patiently for the Lord and he inclined unto me and heard my cry. So to wait on the Lord is equivalent to hope. It's the same word. This isn't just wait, wait to see what's for supper and hope that the menu will be to your liking. This is well-placed hope in a faithful God. This is confidence that even in our present condition of suffering and pain and uncertainty, that we can expect and hope for a future that will be better than the present circumstances. This long tradition of Advent that we begin celebrating today is one in which the people of God wait for a savior to be sent. Even though we know the story, we know how it ends, we know that the, the, the Prince of Peace will be born as a baby to the earth. Even though we know all that, we continue to do this waiting game. We do this thing called Advent where we remind ourselves to wait upon God is a well-placed kind of hope. So I thought today it would be good to name our laments and to declare our hope in God. They go together. As we lament, as we name our suffering and pain, our bodies begin to trust that God is at work, that faith in God is well-placed faith. So you may have other laments to add to this list, but I will share a few. We lament 1.3 million worldwide deaths to COVID-19, and we declare that God is a God of hope.
We lament the devastating economic crises so many families are currently facing, and we declare that our hope is in God. We lament the suffering of being sick and isolated from loved ones. We lament those who have died alone. And we declare that our hope is in God. We lament the injustices that are built into so many of our systems that we also benefit from. And we declare that our hope is in God. We lament the damage that we human beings have done to this earth. And we declare that our hope is in God. We lament the grief and the pain and the cries of every child of God in every corner of this earth. And we declare that our hope is in God. As we both lament and declare our hope, we find a new understanding of who God is at work among us. One commentary said this, nothing we go through, no matter how difficult or how painful, uh, or how painful is enough to revoke, rescind, retract, reverse, or repeal God's promises to us. Throughout these four weeks of Advent, we're going to be turning to God. Today with our lament, today in learning a new way to think about hope that comes in the midst of our pain. And throughout these four uh, weeks of Advent, we're going to use this song, Love's Bright Dawn. The beautiful text um, and the arrangement of it is by our own Jody Gustafson, our music director. These are the words. Deep is the night, quiet and cold. All the earth waits for love's bright dawn. Send us your light promised of old. This is our cry, oh come, Lord Jesus, come. Let me just say one more thing about this Hebrew word for hope, kava. It means hope and it also means wait. But the root meaning of this really ancient word is a noun for rope, rope. I don't know if it's connected to this phrase, I'm at the end of my rope. I do know that it has something to do with the strands of that rope being twisted together. Perhaps that in our suffering and lament, in our being at the end of our own proverbial rope, we find ourselves in a position to more fully comprehend that God is our hope. We find ourselves in a position to more fully trust that God is all we need. We find ourselves in a position to believe that the hope we place in our faithful God does not disappoint. To that we say, thanks be to God. Amen.